The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. I'm out here just trying to make my movie. Just making my movie. It's exporting right now in uh, 720p. That's the smaller HD. That's the amount of P <laughs> I can put out tiniest, right now. Tiniest amount of P. It looks you can like still it's, be HD. It's enough that if I uh, six minutes and 48 seconds seems to be the amount of time that should be able to be fit into my one my megabytes of video. That's in a Vimeo. long video. Yeah, it's long. It's the whole that's, thing. That's some. Uh, it's because it's got some sick uh, singing in it. It's got and some vertical some shots, breakdown, some, some sick shot. accent. Oh, that, did that title have some tracking on it? Oh, bro, look at this sick, thing. Sick. What does it say? Sick accent barn. Yeah, dude. listen, <laughs> look at uh, some uh, some uh, mustard, mustard. <laughs> Super cool, dude. Isn't it funny when you're in uh, you like pick like it when up? you're in Latin America for so long and you start saying words? <laughs> a yeah, little look, bro. weird. Look at, but it's not. It's like uh, don't hassle us. We're local. <laughs> we're local dude we're local <laughs> it's terrible it's just uh it's uh, all on my iphone i just didn't want to go into a whole new edit <laughs> you, don't, so, you don't need to go into a new edit no i yeah you know it's whatevs dude so, you don't have to. i'm i iphoneographer now iphone of the tiger cool man so what's up dog we're out here just trying to give it our best shot just had a meeting just read some books just took some notes just did some stuff we just, always are doing stuff we just put up a video. You should definitely go check it out. Go to catandcloud.com. That's Kerm. commerce because we're here to make money and nothing else. And of course, we don't even care about anything. Yeah, fuck that, dude. <laughs> Give me cash. <laughs> I need um, cash. It's a really cool little tour of the San Vicente Dry Mill in Honduras and Peña Blanca. Ben Hameen basically talks through every step that the coffee goes through when it's at the dry mill. And he talks a little bit about the difference between how they kind of handle or process C-grade commodity coffee versus how they do micro lots. And it's really fantastic to see it's really that much good. coffee. <laughs> that too. His, his mill's huge. His mill's huge. It's crazy that with a mill that big, that the micro lots are still well cared for. And that's like his passion or whatever. And it's funny after talking to him, it's like he doesn't even have to do that. Not at all. To make his money. Like no, the money is it. made, like the business, the mill is sustainable if it only processes C market coffee. Yeah, he doesn't have to do specialty at he all. He doesn't have to do specialty at all. And he certainly doesn't have to do micro lot specialty of like six bags of somebody. No. To separate is. it, store it separately. Dude, three bags. Tag it and then like find a home for it. Right. That was kind of that was kind of incredible. Yeah. To see. I liked Ben Humming before the trip, but after the trip, man, I'm like I'm like a Ben Hameen cheerleader. Oh, I'm a fanboy for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like exactly. a whole different level. It's Me like too. 
It's weird because we'd met him a bunch of times. Yeah. But just experiencing his passion for where he's at and what he's doing. And I like I couldn't really connect the dots before. No, that's the thing. There's so many things that add up to why it's so special. And one of them is like he's from that neighborhood. Like he grew up where the mill is. Right. And he's so integrated in that community and it makes it so different than someone else who's just like a random exporter or a random importer or like, Oh, I just decided to open a mill here or whatever. And you're like walking around with him and everybody knows him and everybody respects him. And then the care that he take, like, I think the biggest thing I'm fucking rambling, do it. No, the, the biggest thing that where I was like, Oh wow, this is insane is so first of all, go, Check the video or at least look at the thumbnail and just see just the sheer amount of coffee that's there. Right. And when we were in the car and he was just like, I sold all the coffee that came through the mill except for eight bags. And we were like, dude, that's awesome. And he's like, no. Yeah. I need to sell those eight bags because those eight bags, that could be someone's like whole production. Right. Someone's small farms, entire lots. And he is so connected with that coffee that he brings in that he's like seeing the person behind the coffee, which yeah. I think is huge because if you run it in percentages, he sold like 99.9% of the yeah. coffee. Yeah. yeah. And in that's the millions a, of bags. Yeah. And it's a mega win by anyone else's standards, but yeah. he's like, no, like I want to sell that a bag. Can you imagine what the, how many trucks it must take to get that coffee out of there? What that must look like? Fucking insane. A lot of trucks. <laughs> I know. It's so Next cool. level. I kind of wish I could see that part a little bit just to kind of get that perspective. Oh, you my know? gosh. Because, I mean, it's like in the video, you guys, you peoples will see like one, two. You'll see kind of two general portions of the warehouse where the coffee stored. But there was like six to seven of those that you didn't see as big or bigger. There's many rooms that and, are large. Yeah. And it just kept going, which was kind of surprising. Well, so on Ben Hameen, I still remember the moment I knew that it like what he did meant so much to him when um the year that the WBC was in Seattle when Charles got second with the Ocotillo. Yep. So there was a moment when when Charles made finals. I was on the trade show floor. I had just finished at the La Marzocco booth and I was walking. And Ben Hameen was rolling through and I was like, dude, that's sick. Like your coffee's in the finals. And he like literally grabbed me and he like gave me a hug and he was crying because it meant that much to him. And Ocotillo is not a huge lot of coffee, but I mean, just to, you know, go off of the story you just told, it was, it was one of those things where, and at that time we didn't know each other terribly well, but I just kind of remember feeling extra bonded to him because he was like carrying all that emotion and then he's just, he's like really good at just expressing it. And he was just, he was just like, this means a ton to me. And he's not the farmer. It's, it's just that he helped somebody. And that person is now, you know, has one of the best coffees in the world. And they get to be so proud of the work they did back home. And so, yeah, you and I getting to see all of that and in real life and like see those sequences is way more impactful, which was really, really cool. It was super cool. I mean, I, for both of us, it was a game-changing experience. Oh, yeah. Major game-changing together. I We're going to put out a bunch of videos. I have a bunch of footage, and I'll link the video below, and I'll link another video that I made on my page, which can give you just a sneak peek into some more of this stuff. And when we met Damien, 
Chavez. It's interesting. Oh God! Now that I'm talking about it, so many things are coming to mind. Like the emotions are coming. The to emotions the are coming real hot. They're coming it's like before. Real hot. It's like before. I didn't. I was feeling fine, and I was, then I started talking. I'm and just like it's like it hit a spot. <laughs> and now the emotions—they keep coming. It. People talk about all the weird stuff, like oh, like direct trade. Because we were asking him questions in the car. I'm like, dude, what's the deal with direct trade? Like, how does it make you feel when people are just like talking? He gives a good explanation. He gave some good explanations. And Benjamin is basically he's this bridge from the farmer to who ultimately buys the coffee, right? Yeah, to Terabithia. And it was, (laughs) it's the (laughs) (laughs) on you know knowing and seeing how much. He cares, and and seeing that take place, you can see why people say that there is no such thing as direct trade, but you can also see how there might be something that's better than direct trade, Yes, and it can be the same person that's responsible for both. So as the mill owner, so to take Damien Chavez, for example, he has no clue as to the quality of coffee that he has. Exactly. We bought his coffee. It's really awesome. He has no idea because he doesn't cup coffee. He has never cupped coffee. Right. He drinks his coffee with tons of sugar. They make it at the house. Way more sugar than you think. We're talking so coffee cola. So much sugar. Like, yeah. I was blown away. Yeah, coffee cola is a good description like because that sweet. probably that amount of sugar oh. that's in a can of soda. So deep. I drank it. You have to. You drank it, You're too. sitting right we're, next we're, to him. Yeah, it was a bonding experience. Yeah. For sure. It felt right. He doesn't know how good his coffee is. It would be so easy for Benjamin to take that coffee and cup it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll give you $1.50 for it. Right. You know, C Market's like $1.25, $1.30 right now. So, like, yeah, I'll give you $1.50. That'll be fine. C Market's commodities market for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Like Wall Street, like, trade the coffee. If you're Wall Street, trade the coffee. Coffee ends up in a can in the grocery store. That's what, you know, yeah. people are paying for that. And then C. as a side note, Good segue, Jer. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, fair trade, which people talk about a lot, just is like a function of the C market. It's a differential above the C market. Right. So, and it sets this kind of price floor that things can never dip below. But above that, it just tracks the C market. So it's kind of like the first best step. Yeah. It's definitely not a solution. And it's just typically because what, it's 40 to 60 cents more. Yeah, I can't even remember the number, but it's just, not much. It's not much. Just because people are getting fair trade doesn't mean they're getting what their coffee's worth. Yeah. So put that in your freaking pipe and smoke the schnat out of it. Smoke that schnat. <laughs> so it'd be easy for him to take the coffee, give him a low, just a low price for it. But he cups it, assesses the quality, be like, oh, hey, you could actually get well more than a dollar thirty for this. Right. You could maybe get four, five, six, seven bucks, depending on what the quality is. And let's connect you with someone who will pay that. Which is insane. Enter people like us. And it's insane because of the amount of work that it takes. Because he's hustling to sell every one of those bags and finding a good home for it with people who will pay the right amount of money. So I was asking, how does the pricing structure work? You Mm, know, right. They don't buy the coffee from the farmer at the mill. They don't get paid until everybody. Yeah, they hold it. Yeah. So he's like, well, that's really up to you. He's cupping it, assigning a quality score for it, setting a baseline. Hey, like, I think I should be able to get, you know, five or six bucks for Damien for this coffee. Right. You cup it, do you want it? And now I'm like the middleman in a negotiation between you and the farmer. Yeah. So it kind of trip my mind out in that like oh 
in some way, shape, or form, you're not always trying to negotiate the lowest possible price for the coffee. Right. Which is kind of what you would do if you had coffee on a cupping table, didn't have a connection to it, and you're like, oh, this is a coffee for four bucks. Like, is there a way to yeah. get it for 380? You know what I'm saying? Right. But now, knowing Damien, having that connection, seeing those farmers in El Cedral, and knowing that it's like, not just some random spot coffee that's sitting in a warehouse. Oh, no. You know, you can affect this person's life. You're like, well, I don't really want to negotiate the price. I want to cup it, assign it a score, and pay what it's worth. Right. You know? Yeah, in my mind, I actually always thought about it is how can you Im- increase the cost because of quality? Right. Specifically Inclu- coffee, quality, right? Yeah, because both should go up in tandem. Right. Like, if we pay more, can you produce better coffee Yes. out of it? Yeah. Or what can we do to get your coffee to a level where it deserves more money? Right. Yeah. The and win-win. That was definitely... And that's the perspective that Ben Hameen has for these people as well. It's like... So, in... Did we post the video about getting Damien Chavez a... A deep pulper. There's a little bit just on my snippet, YouTube right? channel. Yeah, on yeah. your YouTube. On Chris's YouTube, there's a little bit about that. We'll link it. But when we went, and part of the reason it spawned the idea for us to buy the deep pulper was when Ben Hameen took us next door to Damien's sister's house to see where he was processing his coffee. You know, Chris and I don't speak Spanish well enough to understand what he was saying, but essentially he was telling Damien, like, you got to get this stuff cleaned up. This is like a dirty situation. Your coffee could be, you know, there could be quality issues and that could negatively affect like your, your money. And, you know, that was crazy to see, but even through the whole process, like Ben Hameen's coaching these guys to try to get the most out of them in a positive way and ladies. And it's really cool to see that he cares. He's just like, this needs to be better. Yeah. And then with like Wilson Morales, right. who's got a portion of his farm is harvesting right now. And then he's got some one-year-old plants, two-year-old plants. And Ben Hamin's been working with him on like, what variety do I plant? Like, right. what do I need to do? Like, how does it work? And that dude's like an agronomist. He's already got to jump on the game. But Ben, I mean, knows coffee in the area. And it's like, you need to plant this. You need to plant pockets right now. Right. And yeah, roll get your pockets in the mix. It is so cool. Because, yeah, Ben, I mean, could just leave. Like, yeah, sick deep pulper. Great. Thanks for the story. Yeah, he like, doesn't need. Show the people right. or whatever. But it was rad because Damien already said he'd like saved up enough money to get tiles to retile the fermentation tank. Right. The tank was also haggard. Oh, the ta- yeah, the tank was rough. It was like concrete, but it was like chipped out, not smooth at all. Jared's got a very confused look on his it's face. Just, just yeah, I'm a- trying to I'm trying to get my Hondo video for the team and I just I saved it like twenty times, but my computer's not helping. It's fine. We'll get it. I'm done with this. We'll, Crap. We'll take it. I really thought it was going to be a thing. We'll make it happen. I'm pissed off right now. You can tell by the tone of my voice I'm pissed off. <laughs> I'm Jenny, in the zone. <laughs> do you want to tell him? You're you pissed off. I'm in the Chris's zone. Chris's lady Jenny just walked Lo- on through. Love you looking too. Looking fresh, looking fly. <laughs> However, she stepped on the carpet with her shoes. And I know that that's a no-no in Chris and Jenny's house. A little late for work, too. You better go make that money, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working. I've been working. I've been, I've been working. On, I've been on the phone. Hey, bye-bye. Great to see you. Miss you already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool to be able to see... I don't know. You see the thought process of, like, this is someone's life. Yeah. And I can do this thing, and it'll have a positive impact. And he was saying, like, I'm gonna if if everything goes really well this next year, I might be able to buy a depulper, a new depulper, and I'll have my own mill. He's gonna build his own mill, yeah, at his house, so he doesn't have to use his sisters because I right. 
I feel like he knew that it was dirty, even though he's like wasn't doing anything about oh, yeah. it. Well, yeah, because I mean, he, yeah, he's all. He, he's just like, I just want my own. Maybe. Yeah, it's not mine. It's not. Uh, it's not mine. Sis, keep it clean. <laughs> I told you to clean the shit up. I told you to clean the shit You're up. Keeping that deep hopper dirty as fuck. I'm trying to get these guys some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my livelihood well okay so here let's talk a tiny bit more on damien so i came home and i was telling the story you know and my wife's like well farmers typically are they can make if they have the amount of money to buy like land usually they're not doing you know they're doing better than you expect and that's actually maybe true some places like in costa rica I feel like a lot of the people were doing a lot better than these farmers. And here's what I mean. And here's where I'm going. Damien Chavez illegally came to the U S and left his family for four years to work and save enough money to buy that farm and build the house, which is pretty gnarly. He got deported. Can't come back to the U S illegally or he'll go to jail for five years. He told us the whole story, but it was also kind of gnarly that that's, for me, that was pretty impactful just to hear that that, first of all, isn't rare. And everybody knows that this isn't rare, but when you see it, it becomes real. It's different than hearing all the stories. And there's different there's different levels of, um, what do you want to call it? People coming to the U.S. to make something out of their, their, out of their lives. You know, yeah. and like, the, like, I understand, I guess what I'm saying is I understand people have different viewpoints on that. Right, right, right. Illegal immigrants coming here to do something, but seeing what someone can get from it will, no matter what your stance is, at least make you think twice about it. Right. So in my mind, I was like, I was like, this is how this person, this is the only option that this person saw to be able to try to move their family's lives forward. To put it into perspective, he has a basic house, but it still is like a regular house. So right. it's got, you know, wood floors. Um, what do you call it? Walls. Drywall walls, yeah. Like normal, Not real doors except for the bathroom. Normal everything. Yeah. Contrast to Anna Rose's house across the street, which her house is basically made up of like one by sixes. Oh yeah, you're like with like plywood. The, the floor is just like whatever the floor is. It's just like some weird slab, and then the the roof is like random shingles but inside the ceiling was like plastic bags yeah that, you know? their installation was literal plastic bags literal plastic black plastic yeah. like tarp uh-huh so two very different worlds yeah and she is like a farmer and a landowner but she's not like the the rich wealthy you know no. you think about those like like you said, some of the people in Costa Rica are some of the American yeah. farmers, or even some of the stuff we saw in Guatemala. There, you know, yeah, yeah. And then, no disrespect to anybody who is rich and is a farmer. You know, there's like the Zelaya family. No, hard work Gu- is hard work. They put in their work. Yeah. Yes, they inherited their land from generation to generation to generation. There's a lot of built-in, you know, that's life wealth there. Yeah. But that's just the that's hand they money. were dealt, and like good yeah. for them. Yeah. And they still do a great job, and they care about quality too. But it, right, it's a different scene. Yeah, I guess what what I'm mostly saying is that it was easy for me to hear that story and be like if i was here and i had four kids at the time he when he came back first of all to leave your family for four years because you saw no other option is probably he said it was the most lonely time in his life which i for sure know to be true there's no way that's not true and then to go to a place where you don't speak the language and to just try your best and just to think for four years i'm providing opportunity for my family is basically heartbreaking to me 
side, to be honest with you. And that's the world we live in. And he did something that was really neat. And I, I basically could just, I had a lot of empathy for that situation. And now there's a million more of those even currently here in the States too. So it's just, it's a gnarly epidemic. And it was nice to see somebody who worked really hard to start seeing some of the fruits of their labor come out on the other side of it and to see some benefits from what happened, just see the positive side of it. Not really much more to say about that, except for that it was just heavy. It was heavy. And it made you me want to do everybody there trying to do that. Right. Well, it made me want to do like bigger or more intentional, right. Direct trade or as close to direct trade, whatever, you know, you can write in, we can have that discussion. <laughs> We'll call it relationship coffee. Relationship coffee, whatever that means. Because he his farm is newer. You know, he's had his farm for a few years. Someone like Anna Rosa has her farm. If there are these people who have really awesome coffee that don't know about it, and maybe someone can make that connection and all of a sudden instead of getting a dollar thirty, you can get five or six bucks. Right. Maybe you don't have to leave your family for four or five years to provide a house that's normal and basic living amenities. No, I mean, it made me, you know, I'm sh- we were talking in the car and I started asking Ben Hameen, like, we're passing coffee the whole way up to El Sadral. And it made me just be like, okay, well, what's up with all these people along the way? And he goes, yeah, I mean, some of them work with other importer or exporters, but a lot of them are just bringing their coffee sea market. And we, we have to find out where the coffee was produced to find out what the best is. And, I just saw all that opportunity, but Ben Hameen can't make that opportunity happen. It has to be more of us coming and being like, well, what happens if we just like go see this part together? And then he would take us. We're like, let's go look and talk to these people and see what happens. And yeah, I mean, I think he's doing, he's doing he's little doing by little yeah. and is like chipping off. I think he's finding new stuff every year and it's cool. It's like, it's, and it's interesting back to that direct trade thing. So like, him being the gateway, you know, someone else in that position who's ready to take advantage of someone who has something, then that's like the whole reason that direct trade slash doesn't exist slash doesn't work slash right. people get fucked over. Because if someone mm-hmm. doesn't have a good heart, you know, people are pointing, well, you're still, there's still this middleman. Ooh, yeah, that'd be... You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can see somebody come in and like it, actually make people think their coffee's not as good as it is and right. still get it. Or just not being as much of an advocate. Right. Like, yeah, totally. it's fine. Like, maybe I'll connect you. Maybe I won't. Or right. like, yeah, whatever. Just taking a less of a stance. Like, sure, that kills that kills the whole game. And then, yeah, I don't know. The imp- importing thing. I That's honest- a whole other thing. I honestly don't see... It was weird in the past. We were kind of taught like, well, there's no direct trade because someone has to import the coffee, which I don't actually see that as like a kink in the supply chain of direct trade because at that point you're just moving coffee but right i get why people have a, a problem there's not as many checks and balances as there should be and no one's oversight so for now it's just you're doing the best that you can right <laughs> checking up to ensure that the things that you say you believe are actually true or that things that are being fed you are actually true and so that is actually something that is going to be hard for anybody to prove anywhere is yeah motives motivation who they're connecting with and how they do business because you're right at the end of the day we know ben hameen's an advocate because we went right but we don't know how much anybody else is an actual advocate anywhere except for cafe import seems to do a really good job when i talk to them about caring but we also don't sit there and talk about how they buy coffee or import coffee or anything like that so you know, not to say anything anywhere, but it's just we don't know how any of this works 
behind closed doors. The interesting thing when you said, oh, geez, what did you say? How people's intentions, like what right. are people's intentions? And I think there is like a huge leap of faith from the consumer to the business right. that because people, especially where we are, people want to feel good about the things that they buy. Yeah, California's they, hot with that. Yeah, they want to feel connected to things. So that's important for them in some way. So you do have a lot of those. You know, the Newmans live down the street. Yeah. And they're Nelly's the advocates great. for like everything certified organic yeah and the best certified organic coffees are just not like the best coffees right now (laughs) so yeah they aren't you know go cup a bunch of coffees and the ones that are certified organic usually aren't the hottest on the table or people who farm organic drop the certification because it's actually not cost effective for them to get the certifications it's It's, super expensive it's like a whole different it's a whole different wormhole but with coffee, without those checks and balances, I think one of the things that you can do to show your intentions is people are basing your intentions in your green buying program against everything else that you do in your business. Right. You know, what are the whys of your organization? Right. Like, how are you acting in other areas of your business? And right. that's going to make people feel more comfortable about what you're doing. Because if you say you have an awesome seed to cup program, but you come into the cafe and people don't treat you well or you don't take care of your wholesale partners or mm-hmm. any of the people that come in contact with other aspects of your business, how can you expect people to believe that you're taking care of someone thousands of miles away and building an intimate connection when you don't fucking remember my name and I right. come in every morning? That's always been a thing we, you and I talk about. <laughs> it's is It's like, like you say you're doing all the, And that was also something we just argued about in general against the idea of why are you putting so much time and I'm not saying this in a negative way if you are putting this time into farmers and relationships but if you're putting in maybe all of your efforts into showing how amazing you treat people in third world countries but you're not putting it into your team and your staff there's like a super legitimate disconnect as far as like overall intention yeah there's a dissonance yeah it's disgusting to me because it makes me feel like you're just trying to sell an idea to me without acting on it in with what's in front of you right it makes me believe that it's not true like no matter how many pictures i see of farmers no matter how many pictures i see of you wandering around origin and epic coffee trees i just don't believe that your heart's in the right place because i don't think you treat people well in general right (laughs) and that sucks because you might or you might not but what we believe is what we see and that's a lot of what happens. That yeah. is that, and that's a pretty legitimate argument. And I think it's something that anybody who owns a coffee business should just take a look at the perception, and maybe even just ask your team how they feel. You know, if, yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. We're not going to wormhole that one. It's a whole too other. Much. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could wormhole it a little bit more. Mini wormhole. You want a micro wormhole? Yeah, dude. At least apply. You could start by applying that idea. So let's take um, let's take that farmer that you put pictures up of or that you go see and you tell this epic story and you put that farmer up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Take your wholesale partners, take your employees, take your business partners and look at them in the same way. Like, hey, these are really great people that are doing great things for me. Right. And everyone is to be celebrated, not just this one farmer like they deserve it 
right? Yeah, they we're for not sure saying you deserve it. it. Yeah, no. But so does everyone who serves a coffee every day. Right. So do the people that you work with, and so do the people that you sell your coffee to. So don't just neglect like all those other things and mm-hmm. just, you know, it just turns into like a sick, disgusting marketing thing, like really easily. It really easily. Yeah, and really I just easily. Really don't like it, and I hope to because we have so much footage that we took from the trip and Mm -hmm. some of it's from people that we buy coffee from and some of it's not and we're hoping to present it in a way to where it's just like hey here's information that's all this is information about our experience hopefully you can learn from it and grow and not being like hey buy our stuff because we're really cool right there's it just doesn't feel that that great i don't know no i I mean we obviously are gonna have ideas and we're and we have our own ideals and you know our own personal belief systems about all this stuff and so we're not even expecting everybody to 100 percent agree with us but we're also not trying to overtly sell anything we're just trying to present something with passion right and, and we and a perspective a perspective yeah a, a people a passion perspe- and perspective. yeah that is actually our three p's it's on your hat right now yeah it is Go get the five panel. Link in bio. You should. Link in bio that five panel. <laughs> They're sick AF. So hot right now. They are so hot right now. I actually gave my other Cat and Cloud hat to Damian Chavez. Yeah. He hung it up. Yep. He was hyped. Yeah. It was something I felt like I had to do. Well, but I, it, not, it just was like, it was just like, a, he, I want him to have this hat. He's wearing hats all the time. And I don't know. It's partnership stuff. We just, it just felt like I wanted him to like have a token of something from us besides and then the deep pulpers later but the deep pulpers later. We, no for real it was <laughs> like we gave him the hat and then on the, later on we were like we should just get this deep pulper yeah it was surprisingly cheap it actually made me be like damn it we should have brought a lot more stuff for these people <laughs> but like they don't care and the it, one thing that we should have brought that i totally forgot was just a bag i know like seeing the with bag their with their name on I it i know totally like oh gosh for wilson and damien and then anna rose's coffee we'd haven't launched it yeah it launches like this coming month but yeah i was like oh and then the crappy thing was with damien his coffee we'd already sold it all yeah it was all gone it was all gone so it wasn't even on the website with wilson i was able to pull up a picture and show right. him like the bag and his yeah. name and i sent some pictures to ben humming to show wilson too wilson's fucking hilarious he's like the opposite of damien in that like he lives in the city. He's got the dream to live on the farm. He's an agronomist. He works for the National Forestry Service. Yeah. And he's like loving Elsa Draw. And his kids are there hating it. <laughs> it's like the classic shop kid you were the, talking about. It's like, I don't want to go to work with dad. I want to go back in the city. Yeah. They got like their Beats by Dre headphones on. They're yeah, like, they're like Get we're cool out of here yeah <laughs> way, way too cool for this farm shit we're, yeah look at us we're above the lake right now can't fucking deal with this i'm not down <laughs> it's so intense i know the whole thing is cray but it, it was funny because his his story as different as it is it's still like so there's so much passion there he's got a true passion for plants he's got a true passion for the area he's got this weird passion for innovation to where he's like i'm gonna put a zip line from the top of my farm to move supplies up and down and like it's yeah he was cool it's super weird and and it's not one of those things to where having this farm is going to change his life and make all of his money or whatever you know no he'll probably make less money he'll probably make less money and maybe get back to where he is now but it's just for the love of the game well he said something when we were up there that was really cool and i totally resonate with like anybody who knows or feels like they're happier when they're outside he said i'm happiest when i'm amongst the trees (laughs) 
<laughs> Remember he said that? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this hippie is totally DTF California. But it it was true. He's so he's planting he's planting endangered species up there. He's he's planting trees specifically that he just thinks are pretty, and then he's planting trees and or plants that improve like the little mini ecosystem there for his his farm. And I'm like, that is, first of all, our company talks about intentionality, but it's true. It's, he's so intentional about what he wants to do. And then he's a visionary. And I just get psyched when I have, when I hear somebody talk about their vision and I can picture it. And he had the detail where he, I could like see the whole thing happening. And I was he like, was this is awesome. Yeah. He was definitely a forward thinker. Yeah. He's got some ideas. Right. He would actually, I could see him, even though he's new and his farm is newer, he's got a decent amount of land. I could see him being like a really big stronghold in that El Cedral community. It's like someone that people look up to for ideas and like right. He can help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like he wants to. Yeah. I could see him growing as a leader there and yeah. just being like taking it to the next, next level. Like, okay, we're making good coffee. Let's take it to the next level. Yeah. And his farm bumps up against Ben Hamin's, which was really cool to see too, right next door. Ben Hamin's like, and there's the best coffee in all of Honduras. <laughs> it me. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> don't even trip <laughs> don't even worry about it so many things blew my mind and even the cupping lab blew my mind at the mill the coffees that we liked the best the one that i thought was my favorite well i knew was my favorite i scored the highest was damien's coffee the one right. you scored the highest was wilson's coffee right and the eat and the, the second opposite the was ones. our second choice yeah yeah so and pedro moreno was dancing table. right there too right which we have out now right we have a little bit of his it's stuff about to launch yeah and he's and he's just an awesome old school farmer. A lot of people have his coffee, but it was also doing really great. What I actually thought was the, one of the coolest things is when we did our blind cupping, I mixed up Damien. No, Damien wasn't on the table because it was gone. Wilson's coffee with one of our two Kenyans. <laughs> and I was like, right. yeah, you're all peak the meters on that one. But that's. Those coffees are coming out to the quality. Of his yeah, coffee. they're coming out exciting and complex and different and very, very good. Honduras is hot. Honduras sick, dude. Yeah. So I never really knew <laughs> until we got those coffees and then they were instantly blowing up on the cupping table and in the cafe. People just wanted to drink Everybody them all the time. Them. Yeah. And when we ran it on batch, I was like, yes, give me the Hondo. Give me the Hondo. Every day. Give me the Hondo. Give me the Hondo. <laughs> give me the Hondo. It was like all I was drinking. And when it switched, I was sad. It's like a peach stew. That's like one of my favorite, you know, trademarks for me of a really good coffee is when it rolls off the menu. I'm just, I don't know what to do for a couple days. Yeah, Come back. I'm like, what the heck? And you there's other good coffees, but you're just like, I want more. Yeah, Who's out there? Pat O'Neill. Pat O'Neill. Owner of O'Neill Surf Shout Shops out to and Clothing Brands and Wetsuits. They're, uh, you know, housed on the street where I live around the corner from the shop. They come in. Glad to have you in there, boys. They're from my scene. They're from my scene. Invented the wetsuits. Legendary Jack. Legendary Jack. One-eyed Jack. In the, in the, what is it? Ah, I forgot. One-eyed Jack. In the land of kings. Deuces wild. One-eyed Jack's rule. What is that? That That was a line that Pat O'Neill texted me one day. Oh, yeah. It's pretty (laughs) sick, I saved the picture. It's somewhere in my phone. That's kind of gangster. You should definitely, definitely put that up i don't know this was just part of the thoughts from our trip yeah also true full transparency i think we're working on doing like an overhaul on the podcast over the next month or two we've been kind of freelancing it now for like two years (laughs) (laughs) as you may or may not have noticed we don't have seasons for like the first 
Seasons change and we don't have seasons and a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're just like we don't have a lot of things. Yeah. But we're gonna try to put some of those things together. If you didn't remember, we started this right when we started a company and it kind of got out of hand. (laughs) But we want to do as well as we know we can do. And so we're starting to put time into that. Actually, no, we're putting time into planning. We're putting time into planning, which it's nice that meeting that we had last week and um you know, I expressed some of my thoughts and Charles expressed some of his thoughts and it gave me like a new energy. Yeah. Because um, sometimes I I feel like things like this are extra. Well, it's because it feels like it's extra in the context of our company is how we will make a living. Right. Even though this is part of our company, but it doesn't feel like our company. It doesn't feel like work, but then reframing it and how powerful it is for so many people and yeah. how important it is to a lot of people and how kind of therapeutic it is for us helped me be like, okay, I actually need to be more intentional about allocating certain time for this yeah. and reaching out and doing different things. So we've been talking about it, but I have a good, a good like mental clarity, little structure, little, little opportunity in the future. Sometimes I'm weirdly proud of things that we do on the fly because we do so much stuff that's not well because almost everything everything but this podcast is planned well there's with the exception of guests on this podcast yeah there's and then there's little things like like we don't have like merch launch in seasons like we should but that's (laughs) for good reason too it's like everything that suffers and there's a lot that does is because we're cranking on things that are the most important to the people around us and like the organization yeah and there's you know, there's different kinds of bootstrapping. There's bootstrapping where you don't have any money. There's bootstrapping where you don't have any time. And we're kind of like a combination of both. Where For sure. We're fortunate enough to have the team that we have, employees and owners alike, to where yeah. we have a really broad and diverse talent base. Majorly diverse, yeah. But we don't have external funding so we don't have money to throw around and we don't have a lot of extra time to throw around so it's really about biting off that big like 80 percent that's going to move the needle and knowing that some stuff is just going to wait and that's just that's our version of bootstrapping and it's yeah and our responsibility first and foremost is to our teams that we directly employ so everything that we currently do is in focus for them followed by us and everything else kind of falls in play. And obviously our guests are very, very important, but uh, yeah, we have to provide opportunity for our team first. So well, yeah, if yeah, you don't take care of the team, they're the ones taking care <laughs> exactly, of the guests. Exactly. No one's gonna get taken it's a care trickle of. down, it's pretty legit like, trickle down. Yeah. You got to sprinkle that. If you didn't know, we're peppering it. We so, are, we are peppering the ish. We're peppering the ish. We're peppering it. Mm, can I do a shameless plug? Plug it. Say shameless plug. I'm going to do uh a talk and a little bit of a workshop with I Map It Forward, which is Lisa Farr and Scott Rayo's company thingy, thingy, thingy it's, project. It's new. It's a yeah. It's a, it's a project. They're Brain they're making trust. it. Yeah, but they're doing a lot of uh, a lot of events, and I'm excited to kind of talk through uh, like the ten year path generally into becoming a professional barista, which is essentially the path I ended up taking to here. So. Anyway, that's going to be in Seattle. It's on Friday, the whatever of during SCA. I think Where is it? And it's going to be held. I'll I will put the link on my Instagram and my Facebook, which is J Trubaca. You send that over. Do you put it yeah. on Basecamp? Uh, I haven't put it on Basecamp yet. I will put it in Basecamp because anybody on our team is invited to come. Who's up there? And uh, it will be. It's offsite, 
but it is on Friday and it's from whatever to whatever. I'll put the link up. Yeah. It's just a we'll pregame. That's the first over. plug. We'll do one more. Yeah. We'll do we like can, a we'll real do. plug. But we'll it's more, it's a it. soft launch. Who's going to SCA? Who's going? Who's Who is going, going to SCA? Because it's Anybody coming. out there coming? I'm pretty excited. We you, turned down all commitments for the year, yeah. which is kind of nice. So we're not working at booths, hopefully in an effort to hang with the people we brought and like right. really connect with with more humans on a deeper I deeper pick, sensual level. And I kind of picked this one up like kind of like last minute and I'm I'm just excited to do it mostly because and honestly it's because of this trip to Honduras that I kind of feel like I want to start finding a little extra time to whatever give back means. <laughs> it means Trivia. something different to everybody, yeah. but I do want to be able to offer something and so I actually planned on not doing anything. When Lee hit me up, she's like, it's a Friday event. It'll be off-site, which I was kind of excited for an off-site event because part of me gets tired of being in that building. So when she right. was like, it's off-site and it's only going to be 40 people plus you, as many well, who want to sign up online, I was like, that's awesome because then I'll be able to talk to these people. When I say that we're not doing anything... Oh, we're doing <coughs> a lot. I have to clarify. Yeah. Like, And what you're talking about is different than working a booth. And no diss to exactly. working a booth, but it's say you're making coffee for all these people, which is super fun. But you have this really short conversation that's like, hey, what's up? Oh, where do you work at? Cool. High five. Right. Go. And there's something meaningful about that. But after you've done that for many years, it's nice because you're going to be able to have a deeper conversation. Yeah, for three hours. And share more of like your knowledge yes. with the group that's attending. And right. the same thing because Charles is doing a presentation also yes. on creating sustainable businesses and in providing for your employees and how that works. So if you want to hear in more detail about some of the things that we believe you know, the future of employee ownership, hardcore stuff like numbers, like, you know, what kind of numbers should I be hitting in yeah. the cafes? What are my labor margins? And Pretty like, important stuff. This whole thing, <clears throat> you should sign up for his SCA lecture. Right. I highly recommend it. We will be there. We will definitely be there. And last year was really fun and beneficial. Chris and I both gave our lectures as well, and that was pretty badass. But you're right. It's the when you, were the, like, yeah, it's just when you, when you have to like, what is it? Speed date 100,000 people. Right. And for Chris and I, it's more meaningful to actually get a little deeper. So it's really, everybody knows it's draining. Everybody talks about how fun it is and how draining it is. But everybody ends up going for those real moments, which are almost always outside of the event where you reconnect and actually talk to somebody over dinner. Yeah, I had that conversation with Graham from Dapper and Wise, right. and he was just burned. And I was like, what's up? He's like, I feel like I've had the same conversation 50 times. Yeah. And it's all great people, but I just am longing for a deeper connection. Yeah. And I am fully back in that. We had the same experience in New York for the coffee fest when we just peeled with two people, just like a small group. Like yep. we, we got to get out of here. They're from South Africa or like later and had all night with them. And I was like, I feel like I know them. I feel like we're friends. I feel like I can call them. Like, yep. I don't know. Something about stuff. that. It's just the shit. So it's my things from it's Friday, April 20th, 20th. Uh, mine is on 420. 420. So all you Seattle people, it's legal to smoke your weeds there. Dude, you come high. Get super blazed. Oh, come with all your bro. best best things. Uh, it's from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Ada's Technical Books, which is in East Seattle. <laughs> Technical Books. <laughs> That's what the place is called. <laughs> Ada's sick, Technical dude. Books, dude. How to successfully uh, map a 10-year barista career. So blah, 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 so on and so forth. We'll talk about it more later. Maybe you can buy a blank technical book there. Mm-hmm to take mm -hmm. notes in we could do that we could do that so 40 people in person and unlimited online you don't have to come to see SCA to get it www.mapitforwards.org <laughs> don't forget to put in the www <laughs> <laughs>
I'm reading, okay? <laughs> Instagram I map it forward. It's a HTTP <laughs> three semicolons. Forward slash forward, <laughs> forward slash. slash forward slash. <laughs> Chris, I have to poo. All right. Well, this is the Cat and Cloud <laughs> Podcast. We will see you later. Bye. <laughs>